Welcome to another episode of the Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson coming to you live from the deck on a beautiful July day. <gasps> that was impressive. It's a little bit windy. Lisa's <gasps> taking we caught her, that on video. Lisa's taking her headset off to run after some papers because the breeze just kicked She's up. Snorting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. And it was a four snorter, people. A four you, snorter. If Here you go instead of I got to tell you, if you have, it by stars, this is a four snort. If you haven't heard episode. Lisa Murphy snort, it's a it's a thing of beauty, just the like 27 my twenty-seven snort episode. Just like my just like my sexy wife snorts. Um, uh, I'm coming to you live from the deck. Uh, Danita's here, Lisa's yes, yes. here, and we're going to be podcasting. Back. I got to talk about I'm snorts back. for a second because one of my favorite things in life is watching episodes of of the Big Bang with my wife because because she snorts during the episodes and and I keep tally of how many snorts per episode it is. <laughs> We just uh, got two from the peanut three. gallery. Just, just mentioning oh, it. Oh, they're pouring out now. Oh, it's just It's a snort a thon. No maybe if maybe if we're real quiet, she'll do it again. Five. Hey baby. Oh six. six. This is fun, Jeff. You're right, you're right. This one will be called snorts. Come on. One more. Snorts. I'll snort some stuff. <laughs> Danita's Soft cracking herself up like a kitty warm, kitty little. What does what does Sheldon say? Bazinga. Ooh, that's an ex- that's the opposite of a snort. That was an out. Snort. That was a, that was a trance. All right. Backward snort. All right. So that was kind of an awkward introduction to the show with the wind and the snorting. But uh, Lisa's picked a topic for us. Denise and I have no idea what it is. We're gonna talk about it for however long this episode is, just because that's fun. So what what are we talking about, Lisa? Well, for the listeners, we have a little bit of an ag- not an agenda, but we have a list of topics that we're kicking around while we're here. So the title of this one that I want to talk about is, well, Jeff called it Zombies 1. And Ah. Zombies 1, as an explanation, is stuff kids play that make adults uncomfortable. And and zombies... Apparently, is one of those things. Ah, there's the connection. I there's the rub in our in our program, and we got two. Some of you heard this that we got two little girls left, and by the time you're hearing this, they'll be gone because we're closing our program, and it's been a it's been an intentional three year process. And so for the last year year and a half, these two girls who we've had since infancy have been the only kids in our program because we didn't want to. I mean, we raised them since pups. We wanted to finish the job. And so about uh, nine months ago, they started playing this game of, of vampire, zombie, veterinarian moms. Whoa, whoa, say that again. Vampire, zombie, veterinarian moms. I love this. Is this ongoing game that they've been playing. And they, they like vampires and zombies and veterinarians and moms. And so they've they merged, incorporated merged it. They've Look incorporated, out, Housewives of Orange County. Yeah, they've incorporated it all into this <laughs> into this, this ongoing dramatic play thing that happens. And, and so since it's just the two of them, sometimes they need me as a prop. Okay. And so I get called in and they'll like have everything set up for for like a, a restaurant and they'll have the table set and they'll they'll hand me something and t- you're you're the waiter and sure. and we're out for dinner and and you have to ask us do you want brains tonight <laughs> oh my gosh this is great and then ask us if we want fresh blood on it and and so I go through I do what they script sure. me to do and then they get done with me and they say okay you can go now because they're, served your I've served, served my purpose as, a, as an open, I'm like a cardboard box is what I am. Mm-hmm. And they're done with me and they send me on their way. And so I talk about this in presentations and some people are uncomfortable with the idea of even even these little four or five-year-old girls playing. Ordering blood. Ordering mm-hmm. blood and brains and being veterinarians and zombies. But there is there is a rich, dynamic 
play scenario rolling out here when, when they're playing this. And I, I think it's incredible. But every once in a while, things happen in our play spaces that are uncomfortable to us as adults, like zombie play and brain eating and all this kind of stuff. And and so a lot of that stuff gets shut down. Gun play. Gun play, war play, play, rough and tumble play, all that kind of stuff. And so I thought that would be a great thing for us to uh, to chat about. And it's well, a, I think that um, we've all been pretty self- Oh, is that the is that the one you got from? It was a yeah. special. Is that the special one that you just got? Oh, oh, the one you were just telling me about, the gray one. Oh, look would, at her. Would you like one? No, I'm good. I just, I I, just she just mentioned. Tasha's got a, a Tasha has a, a collection of scarves and It is and July. I'd like to point out it's July. And Danita's like teeth and are I'm chatting. staying away from the mic because my teeth are chattering. Oh, Get closer cool. to the fire. There's a little fire. Oh, yeah, I need the Maybe fire. we'll move to the fire after stick this your, one. Stick your tongue on there. Here's, so here's what I'm thinking. We've been pretty self-disclosing, at least I feel, that we have about... Um, where we've been, where we've changed our minds, et cetera, et cetera. So what play did you, if ever any, did you shut down that maybe you don't shut down now? I used to have the belief that since gunplay was not allowed in school, that I probably shouldn't allow it because then they're just used to that. And then when they go to school, they're not going to have to deal with, well, how come I can't play it here? I could play it at Nita's house. I could play at home. Um, and so I always, I always, I never said specifically no i just said you can play that at home (laughs) you know so that was my way around the saying no i gave them the place they could play it lisa did the parent did the parents (laughs) agree with you in my in my um home um yeah the ones that the you know because so you know really very few want to play that in my programs anyway i've only bumped into it just a a few times. times honestly yeah and so those parents were, were fine with me saying that. Where now um, I am at a point, and again, it's an evolution. And these changes take time, and, and it takes time. You, you, you make one little adjustment, and then you become comfortable there, and you're like, okay, yeah, we can. you know. And it takes the, the, my crew time to trust that, okay, truly, is she letting us do this? Because it used to be something we were, could only do at home, but now. Um, and right now I'm kind of at a place, especially in the summer, because I organize the indoor environment for um, less, what's the word for active play, less active play. In the winter, I need to have room for active play. So the furniture, the shelving, all that is out more to the sides, and there's lots more open space, where in the summertime, it's more cozy, little nooks, little, and there's really no place for running. And gun play with the group that does like to play it, in, in my current group, the, the few that love to play it, it ends into running and they get so into it they are so engrossed in it they are not aware of anybody else around it and they always are trampling so do you just redirect it to go outside i redirect it that when we are outside you guys can play that as much as you want to and here's what they said to me but there's no guns outside oh interesting Uh uh-huh and i said i held my hand like a gun then and I said, well, what is this? And Gavin's eyes just got like huge. Like he had never noticed that he before? Never. Did he go, he, did he go, in the world. Did he go, yeah. uh-huh. And he's five. Yeah, he did. He was just like, for real? Oh. He's, like, he's like, damn, you blew my mind. But now, 
Now they're making. Dude, look at your finger, dude. Now look, they're making. Look, you have a gun with you <laughs> yeah. all the time. So, so when he gets in trouble at school yeah, for doing gets, that, he's going to say, well, Nita taught me. Nita said. Yeah, so he'll get kicked out of school. But now they are making like bazookas. They'll make bazookas out of PVC pipes because I have like, what size would it be, Jeff, if it's like that? Two and a half. Inch and, a half, inch, inch and a half PVC pipe set that I have outside that they love to build whatever to pour water through and see the water where the water is going to come out or they build they try to build houses or whatever um, those have now become these big bazookas that they carry on their shoulders and they put a T connector at the point where you would hold on to it and um, but yeah so I redirected it to outside for right now and then we'll revisit it when now we move in you know in the winter when we have to have more indoor time it'll have to be allowed at some i mean the, the imagination that goes into it the believe it or not the caring that goes into it the point the, and the control the empathy yep because they have to they don't want to really hurt each other so there is a a, a component of control in one of the most what appears to be the most chaotic type of play really has a lot of control in it because they have to hold back just enough that they don't really hurt each other. Do you and know what, what I mean? And what is that actually called? That does it have, a, actually, does it have it does, something? It does. It's got that a name? executive functioning. Ah, that self-regulation. Yeah. The, the, that I am willing to put my immediate need on pause in order to let the play continue. And and so all of these uncom these the, these play scenarios that may be uncomfortable for adults are are generally pretty good at 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 building these executive function skills. And they're also kind of like puppies because do you know if puppies play with each other, they will stop if the other one makes the noise that they're getting hurt. Yep. The play and face. so Yep, and so it's even with gunplay is that they will get so engrossed with it, but if someone gets hurt, bam, they will stop immediately. Because even four-year-olds and three-year-olds know that this is not about hurting. They are not hurting. being vicious. It's not a, about there's hurting. There's a difference between mm -hmm. play fighting and fighting. There's a difference between play guns and real guns. Um, we used to have the no-gun policy in our programs. It's a center and in family child care because that's just the way it always was. Right. And then I read the book that changed my mind was, uh, was uh, Stuart Brown's uh, play. And, uh, and then we just quit. We quit saying no. Mm -hmm. Um. And we didn't say, hey, here's some guns. Go shoot each other. And the thing is, if you think you've banned gunplay in your program. Yeah, you haven't. You just don't you're, see it. You're just There's not, a lot of flashlights. You're, you're, just not turning, you're just not turning around fast enough. Exactly. I love and, that. And you're, and you're encouraging kids to lie to you because if you say, is that a gun? And say, no, it's an ice cream shooter. Well, that's what Dan Hodgins taught us: is that they they keep the power. Yeah, they, yeah. They keep the power. This, oh, it's not a gun. It's a it's a plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so and so the, that that weapons play and whether it's superheroes thing too, whether it's the cape or the the bracelets or the shield or whatever the superhero has, those things aren't they're not about violence as much as they are about uh, power and leadership and control and the way we learn to have. Uh, those things, power and leadership and control, as adults, is to play with them. Play practice when we when we were kids. It's yeah. it's it's all about the practice. And so, although these 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 things may be uncomfortable for us adults, they are incredibly valuable for kids. And so, how do we? How do we make this kind of play okay? You have to first realize that you have to own that it makes you uncomfortable and you need to have somebody in your life, personally or professionally, that allows you to have these honest dialogues about 
what is it actually that's making you uncomfortable? What is it that, you know, because if I, again, to circle back to what we just talked about, I know we're recording, so to us, we just talked about it. You might have heard it a couple weeks ago. But if you go back on Monday and you start allowing rough and tumble play or dead play or whatever it is the play that you have shut down because you get uncomfortable, if you go back on Monday and 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 start allowing it because you heard us on the podcasts or you feel that you heard that we said that you should allow that and you haven't really done the work or thought it through, it's going to be chaos. Chaos in your classroom because the kids are like, what? You know, oh, something new. Ooh, ooh, is this really, you know, the the new way? And if you haven't thought it through and you've just been reacting, now the children are going to, like, they're going to run with that and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. And you're going to be so uncomfortable that when you do shut it down about 20 minutes from now, you're going to shut it down harder than what you used to allow last week because that's the only way you feel that you can then manage it. So you still have to do the work. What about it is bothering you? Dan Hodgins was definitely my mentor when it came to making peace um, with this kind. And, and, and I say specifically the, the gunplay um, because there, there was always that rule. No guns at school, no guns at school. Uh-huh. And then I saw it and I heard Dan reinforce it. The finger gun, you can't, Dan Hodgins used to say, he still does, he says, look at your finger. You can't chop that off. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much you <laughs> want or not want them to do this, you can't chop off their two fingers. And and yet we've created a system where kids are getting kicked out of school because, for... But we forget putting, that it is about yeah. power yeah. and control. It is not about wanting to kill anybody. This is where Dan was very, very influential in me starting to really understand what that meant. As adults, we project our adult understanding of guns and death onto that play. And so before we go any further, let's plug Dan's books. Yeah, let's plug Dan's books. There's, he has there's written two books. Boys. Dan, I have read them all. They're fabulous. For real? You read them? No, but they're on my Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's first book was called Boys. The Changing Boys Change the, the, cla- Changing Changing the Classroom, classroom not, not the, the child. child. And his second one, I just love it because it's in line with the C, the FD. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't I haven't it. got to that one yet, but we're going to, I'm going to be, you'll, it'll be passed by the time you hear this. And, but and I'll actually in a week post or, it. Here. In a week or two, I, Dan and I are both keynoting at the same conference in Kansas and I get to meet him for the first time. We've uh, got to know each other a little bit on Facebook and, and uh, he was nice enough to do a, a blurb for the back of uh, of the book Danita and I did a while ago, and so I can't wait to meet him. And, and so, so you if, haven't met Dan. I thought you had. I no, no, just, knew, just like, Facebook know, wise. Dan. And so, so one thing, listeners, if you if you don't know Dan, go find him on Facebook and I'm check his stuff it, I'm out. I'm actually putting a link up for us and, right now. And then when we post this episode, we'll post that link too. And, and so and that's those one of thing you we that need don't to do. know why I don't read these books is because my time to read is right before I go to sleep, and these books tend to get my brain like turned on, big like just i can't sleep then i get so excited about what i like i'm trying to read right now heather schumacher's um it's okay not to share um and i get so and then i start just my brain just goes crazy and i just keep thinking of like more workshops i could do or more this or that or oh my gosh yes yes i totally agree with this woman and then i can't sleep and because you're into the mommy porn and that's what you'd prefer to read reading well, okay, kinda. so bring it back to Dan really quick. Let me let me finish the thought because it was very very. <laughs> I'm yes, sorry, I'm sorry, Dan. I apologize. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to ruin the, your, the Dan, promotion here of yours. Dan taught me, or Dan probably said it a thousand times before I finally heard it, and we all know how that happens. He said, "Us 
as adults projecting our adult understanding onto the gunplay and the dead play is the same thing as thinking that just because a kid is spending a lot of time in the block center, that that means they're going to be an architect. Absolutely. Or if they're in the art area, that means they're going to be an artist. But there's something about the dead and the guns that we, we like, somehow we don't allow our brains to have that just be a part of what children play naturally. And so we yeah. freak yeah. out. You have to move in, you have to facilitate it, you have to own that it's that you're having a reaction. There's yeah. nothing wrong with the reaction that you're having to it, but you need to realize that you're shutting it down to meet your own need. Oh, need. And that's where I will intervene yeah. if I was your coach. And so I get I get a dead play story. Um the the two good little girls we got left in the program, uh, Emma and Lily. And they're they're both pretty. I mean, vampire, veterinarian, zombie moms. Dude. Uh, that that's the kind of play they're usually engaged in. But one day they're 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 doing something different, and they're not being vampire, veterinarian, uh, zombie moms. Um, I'm working at my computer, and they're in the in the playroom playing, and and there's a lot of moving around and organizing going on. And then Lily comes up to me and says, "Jeff, Mama Frog died." Uh oh. Just this very solemn, and this is not this little girl, the very solemn voice, her hands folded together in front of her. And Mama Frog is this this like four or five inch plastic frog that we have. And there's three or four or five uh, uh, baby frogs that go with her. And, and, and she says, Mama Frog has died. Would you like to come and play, pay some respect? Pay some. Pay some respect. And I said, yeah, I've got mad respect for Mama Frog. I'd, I'd love to come. Wow. And so she leads me into the other room, and on this this little table, first she, they've got a cardboard box, and Mama Frog is there. The box is closed, and there's this little crocheted thing on top of it. And then next to it, there's this bowl of these little fluorescent-colored alligator clamps that we have just in the environment. And, and she says, okay, you have to take a flower, because the clamps are flowers, I find okay. out. Uh, you have to take a flower and put it on the casket, and then you can come over here and you can you can say sad things or you can sing a sad song. Oh. And she hands me a piece of paper. This is this is a program. This tell this tells about Mama Frog. And and so I go over and I, I'm not a big singer, so I I, I do Oh come on. Uh, oh. I do fifteen or twenty minutes about Mama Frog because we've been we've been we've together for a long for a time. We've known her for a long time and, it's the and least you can do. And what's going they've got in front of in front of this table, they've got like Three rows of every little chair that we have in the house God. is lined up, and there's there's like a stuffed animal on one, and a, a plastic they were ham sandwiches, a, a plastic T Rex on the next, and, and American cheese, and and yeah. and, and, and so Buttered. all, and so I do my, and, and then a dinosaur comes up and puts a flower on and does does <laughs> does his thing, and then a stuffed bear, and and then and then they reset the stage, and we did it all over again. Really, and what was going on here is is is. Recently, I mean, within the last week or two, Lily had been to a funeral. Uh huh. One of her dad's friends in his early thirties had had died unexpectedly and uh-huh. and kind of tragically, uh-huh. and and she through this dramatic play was working it out. Sure. And so this this would have been shut down, in yep. in a lot of settings. But it was this it was this heartfelt, touching, silly, funny, joyful, awesome kind of thing. That in a lot of settings, it would have been too uncomfortable for the caregivers to allow to unfold. Yeah. Oh, my hand is up. So I was I was subbing in a kindergarten classroom. And stop me if you've heard this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I had made the Knox gelatin mold in the the Wendelier Tupperware bowl. You know, the 32 cups of huge bowl, which for those of you who keep track is like an entire 
case of Knox gelatin. So I brought it in and inverted. If you've never made this before, you make a Knox gelatin mold. It's like jello and you put it out and then we put out, um, um, how you say, the pipettes and the color and the kids are like poking the color in and then they can put a straw in and take out the big long boogers and it's fantastic. So we, we put it out. The kindergarten Je classroom. Oh, jello boogers? Jello boogers. You can't go wrong can't there. Can't go wrong with jello boogers. And the kids will be like, achoo! And then they pretend it's on their hands. <laughs> like, oh, Miss Lisa, I need a tissue. Yeah, okay. So... We bring it, I bring it in and I put it in the middle of the table and I've subbed for this kindergarten group before so they were kind of used to me bringing stuff that they don't particularly always, you know, see or whatever. So the kids are going about the bed. It's a very center-based center um, kindergarten environment. So the kids had the ability to choose what they were wanting to do through the course of the day. One girl locked and loaded on the the Knox gelatin and she she had her goggles on and she was poking it with the pipettes and she was so engaged in it everybody else is, is minding their own business and she's poking and she's and all of a sudden she yells give me some blue give me some blue and <laughs> dude I'm not even kidding like one of her one of her peers went to the cupboard got some blue filled it up with blue and she's now sticking some blue in the kid like he like delivered the stuff and went back to his business right he didn't even like stay he was not needing to be a part of this at all. And, and not 10 seconds later, I need red! Somebody give me some red! And she gets the red, and she squeezes it in, and then she looks right at me, locks eyes on me, and she says, I need a knife. And you, you know, you have that moment, and it was split second, but at that moment, it's like, you say yes or you say no, and you direct the rest of this experience, potentially the rest of the day. And in my head, I said, what is the worst possible thing that could happen? So I gave her a knife. And I'm not kidding. I wish you could see what I'm pantomiming here at the table. She started cutting it, like, straight down the center. And she's ripping it open, and she picks up the red and is squeezing it in. And she's just cutting and squeezing the red and cutting and squeezing the red. It went on for what felt like an hour. Mm -hmm. When she was done, she took off her goggles, she put her hands down, and she, like, had this exhale. <sighs> and she said, in case any of y'all were wondering, I was doing me some brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. So I tell her teacher, right, because, you know, we're subs. It's a great story, you know. Look at what happened, and we brought this in, and this is what happened. They gave her the blue, they gave her the red, she wanted a knife, it was fine, and nah. And her teacher, I'm not, just stopped and looked me right in the face and was like, two months ago, her father had brain, brain surgery. surgery. Wow. And at that moment, as a teacher, I asked myself, what if I had said no? no. no. Yeah. What if I had said, you don't need a knife? What if I had actually said, not only do you not need a knife, but you know what? You've been doing this now for 30 you minutes. To move it's on. somebody else's yeah. turn. Uh -huh. And when I share that story in, in workshops, which I don't often do so much because it's an older story, I always usually will get, always usually, I love saying that, I always usually will get the question of, well, what would have happened if everybody else wanted to be a part of it? And I'm like, you know what? Then we would have dealt with it. Uh -huh. But the reality is, is uh -huh. that the children, her peer group knew whether by telepathy or yeah, something. She's got shit going she on. And had she had gonna... stuff and nobody she needed to move <laughs> in on that at all. And, yeah. and I, I don't know. That was, that was probably one of my like personal, like, yeah, you know, times that. of like, you know what? I was engaged in good practice at yeah. that point. Yeah. That's on like on my top ten. Like you did something good that day. Yeah, kind of stories. Yeah, I I I I love those those moments because they're so they're so pure and raw. real and pure and raw. Our 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 Annie years ago, and she's one of my angel babies. Uh, her mom got got mad at me for calling her that because she said she is anything but 
an angel baby. But she would she would do the dead thing. And the way you tell if you're dead you're dead is that your tongue is hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, mine is if you can still poop, then you're not dead. Oh, there you go. She she told the kids. She told the kids, and and so even after she was out of our program, we had we had kids that they, if they were dead, their tongue had to hang out because Lily said so. Okay, and one day one day I had to do surgery on her because. Because there were grasshoppers in her belly. Oh. And so I had to pretend to cut her open and get the grasshoppers. I had to get the grasshoppers out and everything. And she said, hurry, hurry, or my tongue is going to hang out. (laughs) I'll be dead. And it's so, it's just, this stuff is, it it, it looks like silliness to us, but it's so, in the moment, it's so real to them, whether it's zombies or veterinarians or vampires or moms or death or, or whatever it is. And and I mean, who are we to think to interrupt to this and stop it? And 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 we do. I was in Michigan, and this was probably earlier this year. And some dead play emerged while I was observing in the classroom. Now I was out there for this program. I was observing in some assigned classrooms, but then something happened, or one thing led to it. Anyway, so I was I was in this one classroom that wasn't technically a part of the thing I was out there for, but I'm there, so I'm there. And all of a sudden, it was cleanup time. And somehow through the magic of early childhood education, what started as cleanup time turned into two boys laying in the middle of the room and, and out of the sidebar, they're like, hey, w- <laughs> hey, want to be dead? <laughs> yeah, let's be dead. Okay, let's be dead. And so, I'll, so I'm watching this and I'm watching and all of a sudden everybody just started engaging it was like acting it was like improv everybody said yes yes and yes and to what they saw in front of them and it went from two boys hey want to be dead yes let's be dead to a me she is wearing a cowboy hat as she says oh yeah just so so this is hilarious people (laughs) (laughs) and it turned it then then i'm so now i'm side coaching and i'm like oh my gosh we have two dead kids in the block center somebody should probably call 911. So then one kid runs, he pantomimes calling, then two kids without any adult interference or direction become the ambulance drivers. They come, they pick the children up by their feet and drag them across the room. And as adults, we're watching the heads, you know, the the and and it just it and then it had an organic beginning and a middle. And an end. And what was interesting was afterwards we had a little bit of dialogue and I, I kind of put myself out there and I said, did this play, was this play allowed? Allowed. Yeah, that's a word to write down. Allowed. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that. Was this play allowed to happen because I was in the room? Yeah. Would this have gotten shut down because by golly, get up and it's time to clean up. Not a judgment call, but is that, you know, was this allowed to, to proceed because somebody else was in the space? And what I liked pointing out, what I appreciated being able to point out was that because we let it go, it got facilitated and it had a beginning and a middle and an end. And what I have learned from my observations is that when we as the adults shut it down, as you already alluded to, Jeff, it still comes back. Yeah. It just happens then when you're not looking. Mm-hmm. And if I'm paying attention to it, then I can move in and redirect. Or I can say, hey, you know what, guys, let's rein that in. Or I can side coach a little bit that spins it into a different direction without directly shutting it down. But if I have already modeled to these children that this is not allowed to happen here, it's going to happen where I'm not looking. And that's when kids really do get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And so... 
Well, for me, it was an evolution. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and yeah. I, I mean, I brought it up, but I mean, and I didn't bring it up this topic with with any kind of an agenda. But when I first started, it was like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, you oh, yeah. are not oh, yeah. allowed to do that here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I had people in my life that assisted me in starting to question that mindset. And it, I really think it was that awareness of that you can't chop off their two fingers. When I was like, huh. And I, I've written an article about it. I wrote. Um, I used to actually do a workshop on power playing, and and I really, since then, and and through the the. Um, uh, I don't know, going to workshops from some of the same people and you hear them say the same thing, and but you're at a different point each time and you're ready to receive a little bit more, is I've really internalized the belief, and I really do believe it, is that it's not about killing anybody. It is about power and it's about control. So if your environment actually has organic opportunities for children to actually be the boss of things, they don't need to revert back to the seductive kind of that kind of power playing. Yeah. And then when it does happen, we're not all crazy about it. And I almost think, too, programs who are, are way too controlling will have more children acting out. Of course they the do. Control when they can then. You because know? if the only or, power I have or, all you day. Know, knocking down somebody's tower is I'm the boss empowering. of that. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah. look, now I'm a power of you over you because you're, mad, you're at mad, me. mad at me. You're mad at me. You're chasing me around the room. Look Woo-hoo! at you go. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, who has, I don't know, I got time for that. All right, so playing dead is okay? Playing dead is okay. Oh, Being yeah. a zombie, zombie vampire veterinar- veterinarian mom is okay? As, uh, I even wrote it down. I love that. A vampire zombie Oh, it's hilarious. And they, they do all these the, all these scenarios. It's just amazing. Now, here's my question to you yeah. for, as peer-to-peer. Do uh-huh. they have a nickname for that? Like, do they go up to, how do they initiate that with each other? Do they say, hi, do you want to play vampire zombie veterinarian mamas? Or do they just say, do you want to play? I think that's just, the, it's been the, just their go-to thing for like But they don't months. have like a pet name for that scenario. Uh, if they do, it's not something that I've, that I've noticed yet. To. But, but uh, so it's just something. Me. It's just something they get into sometime. And sometimes it's the focus on the veterinarian, and sometimes the focus is on mom, and sometimes the focus is on the zombie vampire thing. But it's just it's just their kind of this is that scenario. And and it, it, we didn't get into, we we could have got more into. And this will be future episodes: the rough and tumble stuff, the uh, the war play, and I think we could do another whole episode on gunplay because we just we barely scratched the surface there. But it still comes back to control. I yeah. Mean, so you mm-hmm. you could do five different pods off of all of these different kinds of play. And and I don't know if I'm out of line here, but the reality is this is all going to circle back to the same issue, which is that it's about the children having power and control. Power and control, regardless of what it might manifest as in your environment. Yeah, but it's again, still like the same thing. But again, like the, uh, like we've said before, we need to repeat this stuff over and yes, over again do. and approach it in different directions so people can can slowly baby steps make change over it. Um, we've uh, we've hit the half hour mark, which is when wow. we usually try to cut it off. We we will come back to this topic again because it, there's there's lots of rich learning here, and and although it may feel uncomfortable for for us as adults there's there's deep and rich value and learning in it for the kids and so if you find the kids in your program saying brain blood blood hey want to be dead hey want to be dead be dead and and just just step back for a moment take a breath yes breathe and 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 think before you react because there's lots of value here. We'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, keep listening. We want to hear your comments and concerns and and any other thing, any other ideas. And, and again, about flip flops. I want to hear about flip flops on on the Child Care Bar and Grill Facebook page. Uh, thanks for your time. We know you could be doing other stuff with it, and we 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 value the fact that you think we're worth listening to. Thanks. Bye bye. See you later. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, <laughs> is that your dead voice? <laughs> is that your dead voice? Tongue. I hung it out. Yeah. Hey, your, yeah. Tongue, your tongue is out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Bye bye. Where's the stop? I gotta turn. There turn. we go. been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.